0: All right, everyone, welcome back to another episode of All Things Football. I'm excited to be with you guys. So I want to say thanks you know, to everybody for the support. And just a reminder that if you like the podcast and, and like kind of what I'm sharing, then I would just ask, you know, please share it with your friends and family and get All Things Football out to more people um, and get this thing going. So just uh, thank you guys. I also want to give a shout out to Josh Studyman for being a supporter from day one and the encouragement that he gives me to keep on recording these podcasts. So I just want to let you know that I appreciate you, buddy. Um, but with that, let's go ahead and get started with this NFL week three recap. My name is Garrett, and this is All Things Football. Okay, so week three was a very, very exciting week. We saw a lot of crazy things happen, some quarterback changes, some comebacks, some controversial calls, maybe. Um, a lot of good games, a lot of fun play. So let's go ahead and dive in to the Thursday night game against the Miami Dolphins and the Jacksonville Jaguars. Now, when the the schedule was first released, I believe I said this when I was giving my my picks um, last week, I was not very encouraged about this Thursday night matchup. I didn't think it was going to be very fun. I thought these two teams would be in the bottom of the league by far. And it really wasn't, you know, that impressive. But coming into this game, I was actually really excited about it because the Jaguars have been playing really, really well, and the Dolphins, despite their record at the time, 0 and 2, were playing really well as well. Um, And so I thought this was going to be a really good game uh, and live up to, you know, some hype for a Thursday night football game. And unfortunately, I was wrong. And uh, the Dolphins looked freaking fantastic, and the Jaguars, unfortunately, I think the Jaguars looked like we all thought the Jaguars were gonna look like this season. Um, a team that is not necessarily tanking but vying for that number one overall draft pick. Um it was a very sad thing to watch because I felt like the this was gonna be, you know, the matchup between Minshew and Fitzpatrick, mustache versus the beard, and man, the beard came out on top. The Dolphins and Ryan Fitzpatrick had a hell of a game and they pretty much did whatever they wanted to. The the Jacksonville Jaguars, the defense didn't have an answer at all for what the Dolphins were doing. It's not like the Dolphins were doing anything crazy. It's just the Jaguars, for whatever reason, um, just didn't have have it that night. And neither did Gardner Minshew. And it it pisses me off because I thought Minshew was going to have a good game. I put him into my fantasy team, and I ended up losing because of him. He put up nine fantasy points, which was awful. And he just played um, a very, very bad game. And the Dolphins and Fitzpatrick had one heck of a game. James Robinson, though has tremendous upside, and it looks like he... I mean, they really didn't need Leonard Fournette. I don't think they'd be any better with Leonard Fournette on their team. James Robinson, undrafted free agent, kicking butt, good for him. Uh, You know, Minshew, a lot of people are on the... after that game, Ah man, they're going to have to go, you know, tank for Trevor Lawrence again. It's like, just hold on the break. I hate the overreaction. We're not going to overreact to it. Uh, He had a bad game. A very, very bad game. But let's see what happens. Let's see how he picks himself up. Because I think... It says a lot about a quarterback to where whenever he does have a bad game, he does make mistakes, he doesn't play well, how he rebounds the next week. I think that shows character, work ethic, and what a franchise quarterback is all about. Because even the best quarterbacks um, do have their fair share of games where they don't really play very well. And so Gardner Minshew had that night on Thursday against the Dolphins. Let's see how how he bounces back this week before we start the overreaction about he's not their guy. So I still think he's proven a lot so far in this young season, and we'll see how they go moving forward. Um the Dolphins look really good, but you know, um their their defense still struggles. Um I mean they did they did fantastic against the Jaguars. Um but I still think I need to see more. Fitzpatrick, I mean obviously he's he's the the guy where he can be the best quarterback in the league and then he can be the worst quarterback yeah. in the league, depending on who shows up for the game. Uh, so it doesn't give me much encouragement for the Dolphins. Obviously, Tua is their guy. Eventually, it's just a matter of time before he gets the start. Uh, but Fitzpatrick played a hell of a game. Good for him and good for the Dolphins to get that um, first win of the season under the belt. And we'll see how they move forward on the season. Uh, moving on, now the Bears and the Falcons. And man, I'm sorry, Falcons fans. Honestly, I am. This has to be so frustrating because, again, they blew a double-digit lead. Um that is the main story I think but the bigger story probably is that the Bears down 26 to 10 in the third quarter benched Mitchell Trubisky to have Nick Foles come off the bench and win this game put up 20 points in the fourth quarter to put this game away for another comeback Nick Foles magic, and that was awesome. And now they've they've announced that Nick Foles is the starter going forward, and I think that's a great call. Uh, Mostly because I think Allen Robinson, the second, is the Bears' best receiver, and for whatever reason, him and Trubisky were just not clicking. But once Foles got in, him and Robinson had 10 catches, 123 yards, and one touchdown. His best stat line of the season so far is when Nick Foles came in. So I think they're going to be able to connect on a lot of passes and a lot of touchdowns coming up. And I think this is definitely in the right move to go forward. Um, the Bears um, sticking with Nick Foles and putting Trubisky on the bench. And we'll see what happens. Nick Foles is interesting because he's not really good as a starter, but he's hella good as a backup. So we'll see what happens moving forward. But for right now, I think that's the right call to put Foles um, in as the starter. And the Falcons, man, two weeks in a row, two weeks in a row, and what's bad is the offense is I mean the offense is scoring points. I mean they've put up a lot of points so far this season. The defense just hasn't been able to get it going, to get the stops when they need it and then the offense stutters out and they're not able to score any more points whenever the other team gets to come back. And so I'm just I'm concerned and I think Dan Quinn might not have a job. If they go 0 and 4, 0 and 5 I would not be surprised if Dan Quinn is out as the head coach and there's an interim head coach in there and then they're on the market for a new head coach. I don't see how Dan Quinn finishes the rest of the year, especially at the rate that this team is going. The Falcons should easily, easily be at 2-1 and run, two and two right now and tied with Saints and the Bucks for first place in that division. Um, but now they're 0-3. The Panthers even got a win before they did, so bottom of the division it's not looking good for the Falcons or Dan Quinn so we'll see how they're able to work things out moving forward and the Rams and the Bills game led up to the hype I told you guys to watch this game so I hope you watch this game because it was phenomenal now both teams I thought played really great at sometimes and really bad at sometimes but I think both convinced me that both are competitors I wasn't too sure about the Bills quite yet because they hadn't really played anybody of of you know importance of competition, but I do think the Rams are competitive and so um the Bills proved to me that they are a true playoff team, um a true contender in the AFC. And the Rams I mean the Rams showed me that as well. This is a tough loss to a good Bills team. Honestly the Rams should have won. <coughs> um I think it's funny that um the Rams are crying about that controversial passing interference call after what happened week one with um, the Cowboys. But honestly, you can't let the refs decide the game like that. They had two on that drive. They had they were in third and long twice and let the Bills convert twice on third and long. It wasn't like third and 10 or third and 12. It was like third and 20 or something like that, twice. Um, so honestly, that's their fault on the Rams' defense for letting them convert those huge third downs and put in that position in the first place. But... Um, something that concerned me with the Bills was they were up to a ginormous lead and let the Rams score 29 unanswered points to get back in. At the end, they came out on top. Josh Allen played another heck of a game, being able to lead his team from behind and make those crucial conversions and throws and score that touchdown at the end with like 14 seconds left. You know that was very good for for Josh Allen, very very good for the Bills. So um, these two teams are are looking very good. And I think they're going to continue to play well moving forward. Um, The Bills um, look like they might have a handle in AFC East. I'm not ready to write off the Patriots yet. I think they're playing phenomenal football. Um, They're still growing and still getting their team together. And so it'll be interesting once the the Bills and the Patriots match up. um, Because I think that might be the difference of who wins the division are those head-to-head matchups. Uh, The Rams, Cooper Cup finally got in on the action. He looked good. Jared Goff looked good. Um three hundred yards, two touchdowns. Um the rushing attack was all right. Um just their defense. Their defense needs to make those key stops and not allow those long conversions and then they get out of that game with a W and they're three and O and tied with the Seahawks for the division lead. Um but the Rams look good. The Bills both look good and so I'm very impressed with how both of these teams played and I'm excited to watch them both moving forward. Uh the Washington football team against the Cleveland Browns. Um yeah, pretty much what I thought was going to happen. The Browns pretty much had their way with Washington. Um, it kind of looked rocky at first, but the Browns finally got in a groove and just kind of put it away. Early Nick Chubb with another great game. Um, Bicker Mayfield was all right. Um, the, the Washington defense is is pretty good, actually. Um, their offense just has nobody, and there's no way to get them going. Um, Terry McLaurin, four catches, eight to three yards. Not much going there. Um it was, you know, it's pedestrian outing. So Washington football team is, um, you know, granted they <laughs> aren't the worst team in the league, but uh, the Browns looked good. They looked better, and I, I, I'm impressed with how the Browns are playing, and I think they're going to continue to play well. They got some tough games coming up. Uh, we'll see kind of what they're made of once they go against uh, a good team. They've only played one good team and got handed to them by the Ravens. Um, so they haven't really played. Anybody else worth anything yet? So we'll see what happens when the Browns play. Uh, they play the Cowboys next week, so we'll see what happens whenever they play a more decent team. Uh, <coughs> um, but Washington, I'm not expecting much from the season Browns. I am expecting this. I'm expecting the Browns to win the games that they should win and then be competitive against the games that maybe they shouldn't win. And if they're able to do that, then I think they'll have a successful football season and maybe able to squeak out a couple games above 500. I said at the beginning um, before, um, the season happened. I expect them to be either um, a game above or a game below 500. And right now, they're trending to be a game above 500. And you know, they're above 500 for the first time in like four, it's like what, six years, I think. So great for them. Um, they are trending in a positive direction. So hopefully, they're able to continue that as long as Baker Mayfield continues to play well and they focus their offense on the rushing attack. That's going to be their bread and butter, and that's how they're going to be successful. Uh, The Titans in the Viking game, this was another good game. Back and forth, back and forth, back and forth. And Steven Daskalese, man, was the MVP. I mean, he got six field goals on the game. After ever, after a horrible, horrible outing, I mean, he said so himself in that first game against the Broncos. He has come out to be the number one kicker in the league, scoring-wise. Um, and just fantastic, absolutely fantastic. He's hitting the, the, the ones. He made a 55-yarder to go ahead for the winner. Um, He's playing very, very well. Way to bounce back. Great job, Steven Goskowski. As Pat McAfee says, for the brand. Um, Very, very, very good job. Super happy to see that. Titans are rolling. Um, The Vikings um, played... I mean, this was the best game they played by far, but still, Kirk Cousins is not playing very well. Um, Dalvin Cook had a big game. 22 carries, one hundred and one yards, one touchdown. But Justin Jefferson, the rookie... What a game. Seven receptions, 175 yards, one touchdown. This is what they need. They haven't really gotten much out of their other receivers besides Stealing one after Stefan Diggs left. And so this is exactly what they need. This is why they drafted Justin Jefferson. Exactly what they drafted him for, and he finally showed up. So that gives that shows me promise. You know, the Vikings are gonna have to get things going. But what concerns the most to me about the Vikings, besides the play of Um of Kirk Cousins. Is their defense. I mean Mike Zimmer is supposed to be a defensive coach. Calling the plays on the defense. And they are just letting teams walk all over them. That concerns me. Uh, and what that tells me is just, they just don't have the right people on defense. The schemes they have aren't working. But I don't think necessarily it's a scheming. I think is they just don't have the players on defense. And so they're going to have to. I don't know what they're going to need to do. If anyone's gonna be on the training block um to get someone in or they're just gonna to have to wait till free agency in the draft next season to to get that defense better because right now they're playing like absolute crap. And with Kirk Cousins turning the ball over as much as he is, they're not he's not putting them in that good of a position. And so you can't rely on your defense. You have to rely on your offense and that's hard whenever your quarterback's turning the ball over. Um so honestly it's been a very disappointing three weeks for the Vikings, someone who I thought was going to be legit contenders in the NFC this year. And they're proving me wrong, hardcore. So we'll see what they're able to make of things. But the Titans are rolling. They got a a matchup with the Steelers next week at some point. Not for sure when it's been postponed. Hopefully they're able to figure that out. And I think that'll be a good test for the Titans um, to see what kind of what they're made of against another 3-0 AFC team in the Steelers. Um, The Patriots and the Raiders. Patriots finally got that rushing game going. And I think honestly that was the story of this game is um, The Raiders on offense could not do anything, and the Patriots were just running the ball all over, just killing time of possession um, and just not letting the Raiders really touch the ball. And the Raiders did touch the ball. They weren't really able to do much with it. Um, The Patriots did get off to a slow start, but once they got got going, they, they did not stop for the rest of the game. So very encouraging to watch as a Patriots fan, right? I mean, I'm not a Patriots fan, but if you are a Patriots fan, very encouraging to watch to say that they finally got the rushing attack going um not having to rely on Cam Newton throwing the ball so much. And that's gonna be very important for them um to be able to get that rushing attack going, because that's gonna be their bread and butter this year is with Cam Newton running the ball. Um they got Rex Burkhead going, Sonny Michelle finally picked up, had nine carries, hundred and seventeen yards, Rex Burkhead with three touchdowns. Uh so very, very good game by the Patriots, not a very good game by the Raiders. And so um this is kind of what I was talking about. How I think the Raiders were kind of pretenders um, because they, I mean, they did beat the Saints, which was good for them, but against a team like the Patriots, they still weren't able to come out on top, so we'll see what happens going forward. The Raiders have a tough schedule ahead um, against some top contenders as well, and the Patriots do as well. They got the Chiefs next week, so that's going to be difficult for them, but the Patriots look good. If they stick to this game plan, I think they're going to be successful this year. Um, the defense looked better uh, as well, and so they just got to keep moving forward. They're still meshing, still getting you know reps in with each other, After week three, though, I I like where the Patriots are sitting. I still think that they can be competitive in their division and maybe in the AFC. We'll see what happens when they play um, some tougher AFC opponents um, starting next week with the Chiefs. Uh, The 49ers and the Giants, I mean, this is what everyone thought it was going to be. 49ers, complete blowout. Um, They didn't even need any of their starters. I mean, they were playing with second strings all over the place, and the Giants weren't able to do anything at all. Uh, and it really says something whenever Daniel Jones was the leading rusher for the Giants in that game. Um, Nick Pol- Nick Mullins, the backup for the 49ers, played a heck of a game. I mean, 343 yards, a touchdown, got um, rookie Brandon Ayuk going. And so if they kind of get going, i do not not really sure when Garoppolo is going to come back. Uh, but the 49ers do have a fairly easy schedule going. They played the Eagles next week, so not really a competitive team either. So they might stick, you know, keep some of those starters on the bench to give them another week's rest because they don't really need them for the Eagles coming up so to get them back healthy whenever they pick up a um a tougher slate of opponents that their starters will be back and be healthy to go ahead and keep winning and doing well. The Giants are screwed. Um they're just screwed. Uh, I don't see honestly at this point the way the Giants are playing I don't see them winning a single game this season. And I'm be, and I'm a Giants fan. Um I do like the Giants, but I don't see them winning a single game this season. That's just a harsh reality. I mean, if you look at even within their division, I still think that the Eagles would still be able to beat them. Uh, and Mostly because Saquon Barkley is out. I mean, I still think the Eagles are be able to beat them. The Cowboys are going to be able to beat them. I think the Washington Redskins may sweep them in both games as well. I mean, the Giants may be able to, to squeak out a win against, the. Or sorry, not the Redskins anymore, the Washington football team. I still think the Giants, they might be able to squeak out a, a win against them, but um, it's its just tough. They may go 0-16 this season. It, it would not surprise me, if I'm being completely honest. Uh, so hopefully they'll be able to figure out something, but whatever we're doing right now is not working at all. So... We'll see. Uh, the Bengals and Eagles game. Oh man, this was tough to watch. I was excited about this one. I thought Joe Burrows and the Bengals were going to win. And they they almost did. But um, two things. One, they need to protect Joe Burrow. He is the only reason this team is playing as good as they are. And he kept getting hit and hit and hit all game. The offensive line is terrible, and as a franchise quarterback, they cannot let they cannot let him keep taking those hits. I mean, that is ridiculous, the amount of hits he's taking. And not just like little hits, they're hard hits. Like he's getting hit hard, going to the ground hard. But man, he gets back up, and he keeps going. The Eagles, man, just the Eagles are playing very, very horrible football. Carson Wentz is playing very, very horrible football. Um, they say they're sticking with him at quarterback, but at this point, I mean, what do you got to lose? I mean, you're not winning anything with him. You might as well get Jalen Hurts in there and kind of see what's going on with him to see if he can pick you up at all. Um, I'm not impressed with the Eagles. I know they have a lot of injuries and this and this and that, but you're not able to beat the re- the Washington football team you're not able to beat the cincinnati bengals? are you kidding me? after what carson Wentz did with all his injuries last year, able to squeak his team in the playoffs. he was playing at a at a high caliber level with freaking practice squad players to get into the playoffs. and this year they came and beat no win teams. like it's just it's disappointing to watch and it's sad to watch, honestly. Um, the Bengals were there. They weren't able to get it done in overtime. Neither were the Eagles. So it is what it is. But that being said, let's talk about ties for a second. I want to tell you how much I hate ties. I'm not even sure why ties were invented. I'm not even sure why we have them in the national football league. We don't have them in college. Why the hell do we have them in a professional football sport? Why? Ties need to be getting rid of right now. Like after this season is over, the competition committee, whoever needs to go, needs to go and say, Hey, we need to make some rules in here and overtime to where we do not allow ties. And I have a couple proposals. I know some people have, you know, proposals this before, I'm not like this is an original proposal necessarily by me, but um I have two proposals. Um and one of them is something I thought of and another one is something my buddy Joseph thought of and kind of talked about I think might makes more sense. Uh, the first proposal would be because it is all about player safety, right? The reason why we don't go there's only one overtime period is because they want to protect the players. Okay, I understand that. So you give them ten minutes of overtime, uh, which honestly should be enough to win. Sometimes it's not in this case, and so m- this proposal would be if um, ten minutes of overtime period um, does not get it done, then what we do is we go to field goals because. This is all revolving around player safety, right? Nobody gets hurt on field goals, nobody. And if it does, it's complete fluke and rarely, rarely ever happens. So if you want, if it's all about player safety, then start at a you know a thirty thirty yard field goal and it's just sudden death. Um, so for example, Bengals kick a thirty yard field goal, they make it. Eagles kick it, they make it. They go back ten yards, and they go again. And it's the first the first kicker, you know, if one makes, it and one misses, game's over, and so. And that way we don't end in the tie. And it kind of adds a little variety. It kind of goes to your, you have to have a good special teams and you need to have a confident kicker that kicks it well under pressure. And it kind of adds another dynamic to the game. Uh, so that's kind of what I was leaning towards as a proposal and what they shoot with overtime because that way it's um, player safety, right? No one's putting in extra work. You're getting hurt. And it kind of adds another dynamic to the team. It's not just offense, defense, it's special teams, right? Another proposal, my buddy Joseph said, he said, hey, you know, football is the ultimate team game and you're going to put it down to just the kickers. That seems kind of weird and lame because it's just a kicker versus kicker, right? And I say, okay, yeah, I see that. And he's like, so let's do what college does. And I said, well, there's a lot of stuff that goes into college. that keep going, 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 and then blah, 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 And he says, listen, he says, after the first overtime period, what we do is we just go to two-point conversions. So you line it up there and each team gets a shot at two-point conversion and then it's just set death. If the Bengals make a two-point conversion and the Eagles don't, Bengals win if both make it, then they go back and forth until until they do it. That way, it's just a two-point conversion, nothing crazy. Um, and honestly, I like that. I like that better than 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 the kicking idea because it is. He's right. It, football is the ultimate team sport, and that would be more exciting than kickers. Um, but I think that with the competition committee and the NFL Players Association, they just might be like, well, there is a chance of players getting hurt in this overtime, so they may not like that. Which I have to think of, maybe that's why they haven't done it yet. Because that's been a rule in college for, for a very long time. And they haven't done it yet, so I think it still might be because of player safety. The field goal way protects the players. Um, and they're still able to not finish a tie. Two-point conversion, I'm all for as well. Just anything honestly, anything honestly that ending in a tie. And another thing I hate, is like they split the win. So a tie is worth half of a win. I actually think that's stupid. If anything, it should be it should be half of a loss because you didn't win the game. You were given what? You were given seventy minutes of playing time to win the game, and you didn't. You should not get credit for half of a win. You should um, get either credit for half of a loss or a loss in general. I think it's stupid. It's stupid. It's stupid. It's stupid. The dumbest thing about football is ending in a tie. But I digress. Um, you know, finishing out the Bengals played well. The Eagles played, I mean, all right, I guess, but honestly, we're expecting more from the Eagles at this point than we are from the Bengals, and so very disappointing. We'll see how they move forward and how the Bengals can can keep Joe Burrow protected and how the Eagles and Carson Wentz can bounce back because they're playing at a pathetic level right now. Uh, the Texans and the Steelers. Uh, the Texans almost got away with this one, but uh, in the second half, they just couldn't do anything. The Steelers defense kept them stifled, and the Steelers offense was able to prevail at the end of the day. Um, the Steelers' defense is playing phenomenal. Now, they haven't faced a top-rushing team or a top-rushing you know, running back, but they are averaging just 54 yards of, of rushing offense allowed, that defense is, in three games. That honestly is an impressive stat to me, only 54 yards. Uh, the Texans looked good in the first half. They went in with the lead at halftime. I thought, hey, maybe the Texans sneak this one out, but... Then they kind of did some Texans things and didn't play well at all in the second half and let the Steelers come back into it. Uh, honestly, the Steelers concerned me the most because um, the offense kind of looked a little bit slow coming out. And especially in the second half, um, it was a lot that they had to do to get going. But James Conner finally had a big game. 18 carries, 109 yards, a touchdown. Randall Cobb for Texans finally got um, going. Four receptions, 95 yards, and a touchdown. So... Um, honestly, the Texans are going to have to find ways to get other receivers without DeAndre Hopkins going because Hopkins was the safety blanket. He was the wide receiver one. He was the go-to guy. And now that he's not there, these other receivers need to step up. And they're not as elite as DeAndre Hopkins, and everyone knows that, but they're going to have to step up and play better than what they're doing right now. Give Deshaun Watson help because he's got no help right now. No help at all. But um, the Steelers, fantastic. I shouldn't say fantastic job. Fantastic job on defense really to set the tone in the second half. And the offense is still looking good. They're still trending upwards. Um, James Conner is getting going. And so Ben Roethlisberger is still able to sling it. And so the Steelers really haven't played anybody of worth yet either competitive-wise. So it'll be interesting to see how they play against more competitive teams. I think that will tell us more about the Steelers than what we know about them right now. Um, The Jets and the Colts. Um, The story of this game is the Colts' defense. The Colts' defense had two interceptions, pick six. They dominated the Jets up and down the field all day long. And the Jets never stood a chance. Um, The Jets are horrible, um, absolutely horrible. I have no reason to believe that they'll win a game at all this season either and Adam Gase, I don't know how he hasn't been fired yet. Honestly, the biggest case against Adam Gase, he's supposed to be this quarterback guru, but look at what Ryan Tannehill has done after he left Adam Gase. Like He was not this good in Miami, and now he made it to the AFC Championship game last year, and now he's 3-0 this year, and Adam Gase is not coaching him. So Adam Gase is taking Sam Darnold even farther back than he already was. They're not giving Sam Darnold help at all, at all. And the Jets just don't have anything going for them right now. So I, it's it's bad. Uh, the Colts, uh, their offense doesn't necessarily look that good. I wouldn't say the, their offense is amazing. Their defense played very well against a crappy Jets team. So I don't think this really says much about the Colts to me because they whipped up on the worst team in the foo- in the National Football League. Um, Phillip Rivers is playing all right. Jonathan Taylor looks good, though. They're running back. He's very he's impressed me a lot. But not too much to be said about this game, except the Jets are the worst team, maybe, in the history of the National Football League. Uh, the Panthers and the Chargers. This was an interesting game. Um, now, I thought that the Chargers were going to win this one because I was very impressed with how they played the Chiefs last week. And how well Justin Herbert played. But uh, this week, they really weren't able to get it going. Although, uh, Justin Herbert did throw for 330 yards again. And finally got Keenan Allen going. He's been quiet um, the first two weeks of the season. But he finally got going with 13 catches, 132 yards, and a touchdown. So that was good that he got Keenan Allen going. He is their best wide receiver. Um uh, the defense, I mean, honestly, the defense played fine. The offense just could not get going. I mean, they held the Panthers to, I think, like five, six, f- five field goals. Five field goals in in the red zone because they just could not punch it in. And so, honestly, the Panthers should have won this game by a lot more, but they could not get in the end zone um, whenever they needed to. And so those those field goals ended up winning, and their defense was able to do just enough to stifle the Chargers. So, I think um, the Chargers, um, the Chargers are going to be a decent football team. Justin Herbert's still learning and getting getting it going. Keenan Allen's starting to get going. Um, the Panthers played well, I guess. Um, Christian McCaffrey's still out for another three weeks, I think. Um, they didn't really do much, but you know, Teddy Bridgewater was able to get his first win. Matt Rule was able to get his first win at the Carolina Panthers, so maybe they use this as momentum going forward. Um, to continue, but I didn't really see anything from the Panthers that really stood out to me uh, as I would have liked. Um, they really need to clean up the red zone um, to get some touchdown instead the set of those field goals, because that's not going to work against some of these better teams. Chargers' future looks promising, though. They are dealing with a ton of injuries on defense and rookie quarterback, but Justin Herbert looks very promising. And I know the situation sucks with Tyrod Taylor. It was no fault of his own um, with the punctured lung, but at this point, I just don't see the point of going back to Tyrod Taylor um, with the way that Justin Herbert is playing. I think it does the team the most benefit to keep Justin Herbert in there and keep playing and just get him more reps, get him more practice, and see what happens. Uh, the Bucks and the Broncos, I mean, the Broncos are on like a second-string quarterback, third-string quarterback, really. No one expected them to really win this game. Uh, the The Buccaneers, finally, I mean, they played a good game. Tom Brady threw three touchdown passes, and uh, the defense looks really good, actually. Uh, The defense looks really good, Um, but they're still kind of pedestrian. I mean, they played a very bad Broncos team, so I'm still not very high on the Buccaneers because they really haven't played any competitive team, and the one team they did play they lost to in in the Saints at the very beginning, so... Um, Not too crazy about the Buccaneers just yet. A lot of people have them ranked high, and I'm not really for sure why. I think it's just because Tom Brady's on their team. Uh, i still like to see more of the Buccaneers as they keep going. But granted, I did think that they were going to have a slow start through these first four weeks um, because they didn't have the practice, the OTAs, and stuff like that. So Tom Brady's still getting familiar with the offense, the play calling, the receivers. So I do think they'll start to play even better going forward. Um, But for right now, I still need to see more from the Bucs um, to see them as true competitors in the NFC. Because I can think of five NFC teams off the top of my head that I would pick over the Buccaneers right now, easily. Uh, the Lions and the Cardinals. The Lions finally put a full four-quarter game together and they were able to get that um, that win. Matt Prater made that 39-yard field goal as time expired to win. Um, they pretty much, for the most part, <coughs> held Kyler Murray in check. Um, him and DeAndre Hopkins had another great game. DeAndre Hopkins had 10 catches for 137 yards. Amazing. But the Lions defense stepped up and the offense was able to put points on the board and get Matthew Stafford was able to get them in position for the game winning field goal. So impressive on the Lions part, the Cardinals played a bad game. This is definitely a game they should have won. Um, but I'm not backing off on the Cardinals just yet. I, everyone's allowed, you know, at least one bad game like that. So they'll bounce back and, and they'll move forward. Um, but they they still look good, and the Lions were able to squeak one out. But um, the Lions, um, honestly, the Lions, the record shouldn't be one and two. Honestly, it should be it should be at least two and one. They let the the Bears come back like that, so um, they're able to put full four quarters in. So we'll see what happens if they're able to continue this up. If they're able to put full four quarter games together, they might be able to make you know be at around five hundred on the season. Um, but if they're not, then they're going to be picking at the bottom of the draft yet again. Cardinals just got to keep moving forward. Um, Kyler Murray uh, made some very interesting throws, turned the ball over a couple times. Uh, so I think that was probably why the Lions were able to do so well, is because Kyler Murray made some pretty bad decisions. So, Kyler Murray, just watch the film, um, learn up on it, don't make the mistakes again. I think they'll be fine. Uh, the Cowboys Seahawks, another great game to watch, and even better night by Russell Wilson. Um, Russell Wilson dominated, you know, five touchdowns again. Has the NFL record for the most touchdowns through three weeks at 14. Uh, Would have been 15 if D.K. Metcalf wouldn't have let up that one in the end zone. Um, But D.K. Metcalf had another great game. Tyler Lockett had another great game. Three touchdowns on the night. Um, Russell Wilson dominated. Honestly, the only thing that's going to hold back the Seahawks is their defense. Honestly, this, this team feels like how the Kansas City Chiefs were. And Patrick Mahomes, first year, 2018, as a starter, to where um, their defense couldn't stop anybody, but it was up to Mahomes and the offense to put up the most points. And as long as they did that, they won. And I think that's the recipe for the Seahawks this year. Let Russ cook. Let Russ take over and run up the score. And then hopefully that's enough um, for the defense to to get the stop and to win. Because there's a lot, there's a, that has been like, Two games now to where it's been close. Um, they were down at the last second against the, the Patriots. And they were they were down in the fourth quarter with like five minutes, I believe, um, to the Cowboys. And Wilson took over and, and made the go-ahead touchdown. Fantastic. Um, but that's, that's, I think, the recipe that they're going to need to follow all season unless they're able to get some help. Because their defense is just not good. They have no pass rush at all. Um, they're dealing with some injuries. Um, Jamal Adam looks to be hurt a little bit, so who knows what happens there. It's uh so it'll be interesting, but as long as Russell Wilson keeps playing like he is, this team will be able to make it far, and hopefully the defense starts to get more pressure on the quarterback, and to get things going, because the defense is the Achilles heel right now, and so as long as Russell Wilson can cook, they'll be fine. Um, the Cowboys, they just kind of are s- slow starters, I think. um they- turn the ball over they don't play very well at some point but then Dak Prescott all of a sudden just goes off like he's been having some really really good games 400 plus yards three touchdown he leads the league in, in passing right now but their defense just aren't able to get the stops when they need to and the offense isn't able to to get the points when they need to so the Cowboys are their own worst enemy right now I think they're just making a lot of mistakes that um a lot of mistakes that keep them from winning ball games. Um They have some good games coming up, so hopefully they're able to get that together, um, see what happens. I guess something that's encouraging is the only two losses have been away, um, and they are um, do have that one home win against the Falcons at home. So playing some games at home, I think, might be able to get them out of their slump. For whatever reason, they tend to play the best at home. And even without fans, I still think that they'll be able to use that home field advantage to, to get going. So we'll see. How they turn that around? Luckily, they're in the worst division in the league, so they probably won't have to win that many games to to make the playoffs. Not really sure how that is good for us as fans to watch maybe a eight hundred a sub or five hundred a sub five hundred team make the playoffs, um, but it is what it is, and so we'll see what happens. Um, the Packers and the Saints. This is a, another game where obviously Aaron Rodgers played a heck of a game, but Drew Brees played a heck of a game too. I mean, Drew Brees had three touchdowns as well. Played very well, um, the Packers um, with Alan Lazar. They didn't have Devonte Adams. Played great. Six catches, 146 yards, one touchdown. And even with the Saints without Michael Thomas, um, they were still able to put up 30 points. And Drew Brees had three touchdowns. So, um, each team was without their number one wideout, and they still were able to put up 37 and 30 points. So, honestly, for me, it's the Saints defense, and it's a lot of those penalties. Um, those penalties just killed them. Um, Alvin Kamara had a night, Aaron Jones had a good night as well, but the the defense for the Saints, I think this is two weeks in a row, against the Raiders as well, the defense just too many costly penalties um, that kept drives going and didn't give the offense any time to to work with, and so the the defense really needs to get their act together because those penalties are going to cost, and they already cost them um, this game, maybe the Raiders came as well, although the offense didn't play as well, and so... They're just going to have to be better on defense and clean up the penalties. The Packers, though, look very good. Very, very, very good playing at a very high level that I don't think any of us expected. If I'm being honest, I did not think the Packers would be able to put up plus 40 points and then almost 40 points again in three weeks. I mean, that is that is very impressive, no matter how you slice it. So, uh, the Packers, Aaron Rodgers are looking good and um we'll see what happens as they go moving forward. The Saints need to clean it up. The Packers need to do what they do. Um their defense needs to get a little bit better as well. Um they did allow the Saints thirty points. So uh, the Saints uh they are without their starting defensive tackle though. Uh one of the best defensive tackles in the league, so that could be a reason why. But the defense does need to get better on both sides of the ball, uh or for both teams, I should say. Um for them to continue to be competitors. But Packers um, are up there as true NFC competitors. And without the, the all the injuries to the 49ers, with all those injuries, um, the Packers and 49ers matchup, rematch, may not go how it went last year. But time will tell what happens, and Packers are rolling. Um, Monday night game, um, this did not go how anybody expected but me. If you did listen to my um, picks for week three, I did pick the Chiefs to come out on top. And the Chiefs just had their way with the Ravens. Um, absolutely had their way. Um, Lamar Jackson had only 83 yards rushing, had only 97 yards passing. The Chiefs, stifle, the Chiefs' defense stifled the Ravens' offense. And the Chiefs' offense, I mean, did whatever the heck they wanted to. I mean, Mahomes was through for 385 yards, four touchdowns, and then had one rushing touchdown. So he just completely dominated, put the league on notice that, hey, I know you guys were talking bad about me against the Chargers, but hey, look what I just did to the league's number one defense. So whoever it is, the Chiefs are the Ravens' kryptonite, and Lamar Jackson is 0-3 against Mahomes and the Chiefs. And so, I mean, the Chiefs look fantastic. They look like a Super Bowl champ and the team to beat. Um, and the defense looks really, really good. Honestly, the, the defense has surprised me the most on this team. They did very well against the Ravens. Um, obviously the Ravens were kind of beat themselves up they had a lot of drops um, that usually they catch and so that helped the Chiefs as well but still um, the offense did whatever they wanted to uh, and people score touchdowns that usually don't they had that shovel pass to Andrew Sherman and then that that touchdown pass to the left tackle um, Eric Fisher which was the best play of the week in my opinion um, just a fun trick play like that they were running fun trick plays and doing all that kind of stuff, and they did whatever they wanted against the Ravens, and it was just, it was no contest at all. Um, and the Chiefs cement themselves as the best team in the NFL once again. And so they're going to have a tough game against the Patriots coming up. Uh, another good team rushing the ball, but if the defense is, continues to play the, play that well, and Mahomes is, is Mahomes playing, the offense is, is on a roll right now. Um, they're going to be just fine. They're going to be a, they're going to be a hard out with any team this season. I'm not going to say they're not going to go undefeated because it's very hard to go undefeated. Um, teams do have bad games. Injuries do happen, but, um, the Chiefs are the team to beat in the AFC for sure. And they look like the best team in the NFL right now. Um, and then, uh, yeah, so they, I mean, they dominated and there's, there's nothing else, um, about us. Let's go ahead and look at the standings then after week three. Uh, So in the AFC East, we have the Buffalo Bills um, still sitting at undefeated 3-0. New England Patriots at 2-1, Dolphins at 1-2, and the Jets at 0-3. In the AFC North, um, the Pittsburgh Steelers are in first place with the only undefeated team at 3-0. The Ravens at 2-1, the Browns at 2-1, and the Bengals at 0-2-1 with that dumb tie. AFC South, Tennessee Titans are on a roll 3-0. Colts at 2-1, Jags at 1-2, and the Texans at 0-3. The AFC West, the Chiefs are alone at the top at 3-0, the Raiders at 2-1, Chargers at 1-2, and the Broncos at 0-3. And the NFC East, the league's worst division, the Washington football team and the Dallas Cowboys are tied at 1-2 each. And then the Eagles have that half-game advantage because that stupid tie at 0-2-1 with the New York Giants at 0-3. The NFC North, uh, the only division to have two undefeated teams. We have the Packers and the Bears at 3-0. And then the Lions got their first win at 1-2. And the Vikings are at 0-3. The NFC South, the Bucks are at the top with 2-1. The Saints and Panthers are at 1-2. And the Falcons 0-3. And the NFC West, um, there were a couple losses this week. And so the Seattle Seahawks are the lone team on top at 3-0 with the Cardinals and Rams at 2-1 and one, and the 49ers at 2-1. So a very, very close division. Not a lot of room for air um, between these four teams right here. Um, but that is how the divisions stand after week three. Well, now let's go ahead and go to our fun football fact for the day. <sighs> All righty. So did you know that since 1988, every team in the NFL has played in a conference championship game with the lone exception of the Houston Texans? And so that obviously the Houston Texans became a a team in the league in 2002. So they don't have as much time in the league as most of the other teams. Um. So they've never made it to a conference championship game. But it's interesting because there are some teams that have never been to the Super Bowl, but they were in that conference championship game and just one game away. Um, but that's good for the league that almost pretty much every team has been to a conference championship game at some point in the 101 years of the National Football League. Well, that is it for this week three recap. Thank you so much for listening, guys. And I hope you have um, a great Rest of your day and hope your football teams are doing well. And if they're not, maybe this next week they'll turn it around. That's all for today. My name is Garrett and this was All Things Football.